The Paternity Test is a comedy podcast for adults. If you're not a grown-up, get off the internet. It's a horrible place. From Illinois and New York, it's the Paternity Test. This week, Valentine's Day for no one. Fake dating your daughter. Breaking your own child's arm. And Disney body disposal units. And now, three dads who went to daddy-daughter dances before daddy-daughter dances were cool. Here are the dads. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of The Paternity Test. I'm Todd Jay in the Chicago suburbs. I'm Matt Barese in Chicago. And I'm Dave England, upstate New York. Welcome back to the podcast that blew all its Valentine's money on roses and now can't take you to see that new Rebel Wilson movie. <laughs> Darn it. Sorry, honey. We just, we're not going to be able to do that this week. Nothing says love like Rebel Wilson. <sighs> we saw Deadpool last night. I want to see it so badly. It was good. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I, and I, I want to tell, assure the listeners, I did not suggest to my wife that we see Deadpool on Valentine's Day. It's just nothing Valentine-y or even decent is no. in the theaters this week. There was no movie out with 1,700 famous actors all pretending to be in love. Right, like those garbagey, you those, know, and they're called right. like Groundhog Day and Valentine's, Valentine's Day and Day. Arbor Day. Yeah. Yeah. President's Arbor Day. Day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Arbor Day. Just a bunch of famous Stars, love you know. jacks in Oregon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I cut this tree down. We won't be able to be together anymore. <laughs> well, we're so we're recording this episode on Valentine's Day. So it shows how much Valentine's love we're giving to our wives <laughs> this weekend. If we, we're going to put some side of time to record with our college buddies. But uh, Kelly and I, have, uh, as everybody knows, have a longstanding tradition of never celebrating with each other on holidays in terms it's of love. We don't buy each other. I have to say, this is probably the first way to get Kelly a card. Usually I would get her a card. But we just said, let's not spend our money on frivolous things. I don't want to stuff teddy bear. I don't want, you oh know, sexy frivolous underwear. Like this is how, of how you love each other. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do with that stuff? Been, hold on. This is how long it's been since Todd bought his wife a gift is, is that he <laughs> thinks she wants to stuff teddy bear. Doesn't oh, isn't that what you get everybody? The one with that hold, holding a heart that says, I love, yeah. you know, in college, <laughs> your sophomore year. It's holding its arms out wide. It says, I love you this much. Yeah, Todd hasn't gotten <laughs> Kelly a gift since before you realize you do something sexy on Valentine's Day. He even, like, he missed the senior year Valentine's yeah. Day. Yeah. I'm not even, even going to get her an ID bracelet this year. <laughs> <laughs> Although she did get me a medic alert bracelet. Just She, just, yeah. she was worried about me, so she's like, here, just. That, yeah, <laughs> that was your cardiologist making a phone call to the house. I uh, love that you guys decided to just drop, like, you just walked up to each other and said, let's drop the pretense, shall we? Let's not even give each other a card. It's so easy to clean out the other person's stuff when you die because there's not going to be anything there. Well, that's You're not going to have any cards or gifts to go through after the I funeral. I think that's part of it because Kelly hates clutter. She's like, I don't want to have to clean up all this stuff. You know, I'm, I don't want to have to worry about which ties you know, that I gave you for Father's Day that we're going to keep after you die. Well, this was the first year she didn't get, she did not give me anything for my birthday. 
And she said she feels really bad about it. And I'm like, it's really not a big deal. I'm 40 years old. What are you, what are you going to get me for my birthday? Like, it's it's no big deal. Like, I'd rather spend the money. Let's go out for a nice dinner, you know, as a, as a family. That's what we, that's, I'm fine without a birthday present. But she feels really horrible about it. Dave, you just said you just realized it was Valentine's Day. So I'm sure you have something yeah. big, big plan for the day. I talked, my wife, last actually last night, she was, uh, the girls were in bed and I we were sitting on separate pieces of furniture downstairs in front of a television that was blaring. And she said, so let me get this straight. We didn't do anything for each other for Valentine's Day, right? <laughs> I love that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I said, uh, yeah, that, that's where I'm at. Yeah. And I'm on like, board. Because oh. <laughs> unlike Todd and his wife, my wife and I always seem to be somewhere between celebrating one another's life and ignoring one another's life in terms and ending of ending one another's life. Right. <laughs> right. And digging a shallow grave next to a bed of snow. We're always sort of battered every holiday because there's a certain level of guilt because every once in a while, one of us will do something really sentimental for the other person. And inevitably the, the other person didn't even think about it. They're like, it wasn't even on their mind. But today, I feel like we finally, we're actually, it's not a stressful day. And Matt, how about you? Were you uh, feeling any pressure to, you know, besides taking your wife to see Deadpool? Was there any other pressure <laughs> to, to well, luckily deliver we got on back Valentine's from, Day? We got back from vacation, like, yesterday. Oh, yeah. So, it's great. Take the pressure then, off, because yeah. we just blew $1 million billion. So, I have... You actually went to get a card for it at Walgreens, but your credit card wouldn't go through. Right. I'm sorry, sir. This just won't, won't go through. Maybe they wouldn't even let him in the door. <laughs> yeah. Well, we. I have a... This is a little weird, but I bought too many Christmas presents for her, so I just socked one away. Mm-hmm. So I have a gift for her, but it's a leftover Christmas present. And uh, she has already revealed that she got me nothing. And we kind of... We saw a movie at... Uh, went to dinner, but it was all very like gift certificate-y. And yeah. she said she hasn't gotten a card, and I was going to try and get cards yesterday with the baby, but the baby refused to go outside with me So because she's still burned out from the vacation. So Well, now you can save uh, your... Save must, the, it your... must be hard for her. Yeah, it must poor be Viva. hard for your daughter. Come yeah, tough. She's just burned out. It's tough, <laughs> yeah. Oh, if I have to do one more lavish, joyful thing. Hey, I can't... I, I've noticed she hasn't been on Instagram much lately. It must be so hard. Now, when you say gift certificate, do you mean you exchange gift certificates or you used other people's money to pay for your dinner? That is what I mean. The latter. Okay. God, I love that. I always feel I when I was 30 and I would get gift certificates, I'd be like, oh, this is really nice to have this moment where someone else is paying for me. And now when I get them, I always feel ashamed. Like I'm, I, it doesn't matter what the content. It, it bothers me that I'm that someone else is paying for my meal. And I, I have this deep well of insecurity about it. Does that make any sense? It makes sense. It's weird. <laughs> but I get it. They didn't see something that made them think of you and then they got it for you. They're mm-hmm. like, here, let me offset your cost this month. And right. Well, that's... I, think, I, think, I think what's what gives you that feeling, because I, I, I'm no stranger to that feeling as well, is that it's a relief. Like when you use that gift certificate, <laughs> you're like, oh, thank God. You know, yes. and then, you, then you're embarrassed because yes. you're like, oh, I wish I didn't need that gift certificate, but I do. Right. I wish I didn't make I wish that gift certificate didn't just make my month easier. Yeah. Right. right. I wish that gift certificate wasn't the reason I'm taking my family out to dinner as the man of my house. <laughs> if you talk to me, you wouldn't notice that I was ashamed. But 
in a private, if I, if I were to have a private moment with a therapist, as we were walking out the door to the restaurant, I would probably start crying. <laughs> well, now, so if, you know, if, if any of the shame comes from the fact that you have to hand, you know, you're handing the waiter or waitress the gift card, you know, so they know that you're not paying for your own meal. A lot of the restaurants now have these little kiosks, like little tablets or screens at your table so your kids can play games on it, but you could also just pay your bill from them. Yeah. So you don't even have to talk. From the time your waiter comes to your table, I've been to a couple of these restaurants now. They're chain ones. It's like a Red Robin. or I, We were you, just at Red Robin yesterday. And yeah. you could, you one, you could use it to, like, order your refills because they don't come around enough. But then you don't even need to see your waiter or waitress when it's time to pay the check. You just swipe your card, add the tip, and walk out. And you could, and, and it'll take the gift cards too, obviously. So you don't. You're the only one who knows that you didn't just you didn't provide dinner for your family that your uncle Steve did or whatever. You know what would make me feel better? I would feel better about myself. <laughs> I think I'd be upset if it happened because then I'd have to pay for my own meal. But I would feel better in my heart if I put that gift certificate in and it was declined and it said there was no money on it. I'd be like, ah, <laughs> oh, ah, oh. little spring in my step. <laughs> yeah, then you got to teach your kids how to dine and dash. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You two go to the bathroom. I'm going to go pretend like yeah. I'm looking at the menu up front, and Listen, you get in the car. You guys, you're you're underage, so no one's going to prosecute you. You stay here. Daddy's going to go warm up the car. <laughs> I'm going to drive around the side of the restaurant where there's no windows. And now it's time for Butterfly Kisses. That's where we kiss you on your eyes and tell you how much we love you. Nothing oh, weird about that at all. No, I took my daughters to their very first daddy-daughter dance. Oh. And I wish I hadn't. Yeah, yeah. but you've got at least another. Well, because they're not. They're preschoolers, right? So uh, yeah, they're. You've got uh, like seven more four. of these to go I'm, to. We're skipping. We're going to skip at least until they're six. We're going to wait. <laughs> I, I already told you wow. it's not happening next year. I'm a uh, I'm a little shocked that you got that daddy daughter dances are starting that young because I thought it was always happened once they got into elementary school. I think we started in kindergarten. You're allowed to bring your kid in our town in these parts. You're allowed to bring your kid when they're three. Wow! Which, now that I went to one, is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, because uh, you get there first of all from Todd's experiences on past <laughs> episodes. On the old podcast, especially, I, I knew immediately the first thing I did after I dropped 30 bucks on tickets, I went to uh, the florist, directly to the florist. And I said, I need two corsages, please. And they said, that'll be $30. And I oh. said, could you please take that pen and shove it through my hand so I can feel physical pain that takes my mind off of what you just said? Because I've just spent $60 on two people that. Basically, I could take them to the back of the house and show them old pictures of mommy, and it would be the same. You know, they don't care. <laughs> if you're lucky, uh, if you're unlucky, aggressively don't want to do what you're doing. Yeah, if I'm, yeah, uh -huh. best case scenario, it's not like they're going to remember this. It's not, and by the way, it's not also not like it's the sort of experience they're going to have with me that makes them a better person, that makes them happier. Because, as, and as I explain the scenario, you'll, you know, the audience will understand, I think. So I set it all up. I'm feeling good about myself. It's kind of like, you know, it's like taking your kid sledding for the first time. You think it's going to be, you know, you think it's going to be marvelous. And then they just get snow in their face and you wonder why you ever try. And so they get dressed up. We take pictures. Like we have pictures to prove that we went. 
and and that we're all smiling in them so it, we can re-remember things that we're having a good time. But basically the reason it didn't work is that you go in and there's a, an eighth grade dance atmosphere, which first of all, is just weird, right? It's just mm-hmm. odd to take four-year-olds and the girls. Yeah, all that grinding was really off-putting. Right, off-putting. Yeah. Yeah. And all the dads are in suits, which I was confused by. I didn't understand why all the dads were in suits. Like, I was in a tie. I was like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not. I didn't just get off my job out of the mines, but I'm I'm also not going to, you know, I'm not going to church or a funeral or a wedding. So I'm not going to put a jacket on. I think there's um, a lot of pressure from the moms to make this daddy-daughter, to make a daddy-daughter dance like a date. You know, I bet a lot of the dads take their daughters out to dinner before or something like that. And it's that's where it gets me. That's where I get a little weirded out by. It's like, why are we setting the daddy-daughter dance up to be like my daughter's first date is with their ugh. dad? You're right. Just asking it... for trouble down the road. Yeah, where are we headed with this? Because I'm starting to freak <laughs> out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so there was that. So there was just the discomfort of not looking like all the other dads. There was the, the music. It was fine. But what was weird was I have two. And I should have left one at home. Because <laughs> having two there... Eeny, meeny, miny. Yeah, is not practical. Because... They're four and they're freaked out because there's, the music is loud and there's a, a strobe every once in a while. And there's a, a guy on a on a microphone. You know, his voice would come over every once in a while. And hey, it's time to slow dance with your father. And like, all right. And so they'd both be reaching up for me. And by the way, I I brought Nick's father so I could offset the number of arms. You know what I mean? Oh, but he only wanted to dance with me. Which made it really awkward because he he's kept. His wanting- father only wanted to dance with you. Yeah, and so they're trying to <laughs> dance with me, but he's in the way. No, but they only wanted <laughs> they only wanted me to pick them up. They didn't want oh. him to, which is really it's very odd. I realize my daughters are getting to the age where they're sort of beginning to demand their own individual experiences. You know what I mean? Like they've been they grew in the womb together, and they, pretty much they're always cool with sharing. You know, they each get. Like, I found a way to pick them both up on my shoulders. Like, they each straddle a shoulder and I'll hold a leg. And that's how I carry my kids around the house. Right, like, like you're wearing a yoke and carrying two buckets of water out to, yes, exactly. to feed the oxen. Yeah, Exactly. So I've, I've developed things that allow for two children at once. But they understood that this was a special occasion. Mm-hmm. And so I was constantly picking one up. And when the other one's whining would sort of peak i would set one down and pick the other one up and plus like they were trying to eat and there's like cupcakes and and fruit and so you know it was very sweet you know watching your four-year-old in a dress carry a cupcake to a folding chair you know what i mean it was very like 1980s high school dance-ish and it was sweet and where was this this was in a sort of a community center gym you know like a half gym like the girls gymnasium of your Look, I could have taken them and done anything with them, and they would have gotten as much or more out of it. Yeah, you, you know could have gone I mean? to McDonald's, got a couple Happy Meals, and uh, play in the indoor uh, playland or something. Right, destroy their insides with the poisonous <laughs> food. and But they would have had a better time and it would have been worth sure. the, 10, the 10 minutes that took off their lives. The other thing I wanted to talk about was Butterfly Kisses, the song that I keep 
hearing about butterfly from kisses. Yeah, so I've been subject to this. This is I've been a five. I've been no. I'm, this is my fifth daddy daughter dance coming up this Friday. And his daughter's only four. They, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed. I'm actually by a court order. I'm not allowed to speak about the other the other daddy daughter dance I've been to. I actually had to go for work. I had to stop at a building that was having a daddy daughter dance that was hosting one, and it was just ending. And of course, last song, butterfly kisses, and everyone goes running into the the gymatorium, gymacafatorium, or whatever for one more slow dance with their daughter. So yeah, go ahead, Dave. It's, uh... I, well, you've talked about this often, and I think you've talked about how you get a little misty eyed over it. Well, the yeah, the, especially the first daddy daughter dance, yeah, it totally got me. Like it was because uh, you you have to not try to listen to the lyrics because it's all you know. It's a it's about him his daughter getting married and him losing you know losing her or whatever however you wanted to you know her getting older and uh right go, you know going away and so yes if you listen to the lyrics and like let that part of your you know let that part of your body that part of your brain uh body. take it all in i don't know body i don't know why i'm saying body let take that, it all into your body time <laughs> then uh then yeah you're gonna you're you're gonna fall victim to the sentiment of it for sure i think I, I don't know, man. It was complete and utter garbage. I remember here, like the song is. I, I remember I was I heard I heard this voice go And I'm like, oh, this is from fifty years ago. This is like seventies hazy sentimental ballad rock and roll. And I, I had no idea what the song was. I had no idea. And then all of a sudden I hear him go, Butterfly kisses. I'm like, are you kidding me this is the song this is the song i've heard about for 15 20 years that people get misty over for one because it's so gushy sticky oh sentimental. it's so gushy yeah and the other thing it's 15 minutes long like they were playing stairway in the other room and they had to loop it three times before <laughs> this thing was over and i couldn't I have so much contempt. I have so much contempt in my heart. I must be a horrible, horrible human being because I that song came on and I'm like, let's go get some food. <laughs> I'm not going to be in the room when this is playing. Was it that it the style of the song got you? I mean, I, don't I know. just don't like being manipulated by music. Mm-hmm. And I first of all, it's pretty I much think, what music is for. Well, I think it is to some extent, but I don't know. I think country music, which is. In my mind is where I would put this. I don't know if that's where it goes, but I feel like a lot of country music is very good at manipulating their particular audience into feeling like their life choices are wonderful and the world is against them. And and as I'm saying this, I realize that, yes, you're right. That's what most music is. But I this particular song, I just I was like I was throwing a, a hissy fit and I'm like, I can't take this music anymore. (laughs) <laughs> I think because it's been built up so much. Yeah, maybe it, I ruined it for you. Maybe. Thanks all... a lot, Todd. Sorry. No, you probably saved me because I probably saved me from a, a crying jag, you know? So did you did you feel like you were listening to the song as you guys were doing it, or did you actually walk out on the, I, on the left? No, I didn't really walk out. I But well, I don't remember. I think I, I tuned it out of my heart. And so I... I was, by the way, I was too busy batting balloons and spinning kids around in each arm and trying not to drop them onto the tile floor to to really listen to anything. Little white flowers all up in her hair. 
No woman says, Daddy, does my wedding dress look pretty, Daddy? Ugh. To make a parody of that song would be just to write it again on a different piece of paper. <laughs> This is the point. This is the so are you point. putting the song on the same on the same level of the song about the shoes? Remember the remember the country song about Christmas the shoes? shoes. Christmas shoes. <laughs> I like me that. Buy my mom some Christmas shoes because she's gonna die on Christmas. But she doesn't need shoes, does she? Worth. Or what's the one that's like I'm a homeless vet in a wheelchair on a dock where I oh, accidentally my let my kid drown? <laughs> it's my favorite video ever. Oh my god! There's a okay. video. What? <laughs> no, no, no I, I, I remember the shoe one. This one, I, I, I... No, this is amazing. And I don't know... I don't know who's singing it. I don't even know if he's really in a wheelchair. But this is what I'm talking about when I talk about pandering country music. It's... Uh-huh. So the guy is a vet. He's in a wheelchair. He's on the docks with his wife. And, like, during the, the bridge of the, of the song the uh, literal bridge of the song. He's on the figurative bridge of the dock, which I guess is literal in the video. And she slips smash cut to a close up of her neck breaking on the edge of the dock. She falls into the water, which she's totally screwed because he's in a wheelchair. And Oh, by the way, she's pregnant. Other people run up, get her just in time to not save her. But, they save the oh, baby. Oh, but they save the baby. That's right. As she's falling off the dock, somebody reaches down to grab her, but instead they pull out the baby. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <It's brief>. Yes. <laughs> now, is it, I'm trying to, because we've done this before where we've had the research, we had to find the song. Is it the Travis oh. Tritt song, If I, I Lost know, You? I don't know, man. I don't know, but I remember about two or three years ago, we were talking about this, and it's... I, I remember watching it. <laughs> like, it's one of those things. Yes, it is. It's the Travis Tritt song, oh, If please. I Lost You. I'm actually looking at the video right now, and he's on the dock. If I Lost You. By the way, there's no if in this video. It's when I lost you, or moment to moment, as I'm lo- It should be called As I'm Losing You, because you're watching Slow Train Wreck with your family on the tracks. I can't remember if that, maybe this isn't the right one. This is a different, this it- is. Another song about someone dying on a dock. This is why I can't listen to a lot of country music. Is It's just the, the people who sing it seem to love how much they're suffering. In a way that's, I don't know, maybe it's because it's in a way that I'm familiar with. Because I'm from an area of the country that loves some country music. I don't know. And loves to suffer. And I mean, loves to suffer. I, I, I yes. think you can tell from both the, faith, the Facebook posts of country people and the music they listen to that they are all about wallowing in their... Misery, yeah. despair, and the end of rural America is an economically viable yes. thing. It should be insulting, by the way, to people from rural America that there is someone who is rich and white reaching out and singing songs about their life with a, you know, with a wink and a smile. Mm-hmm. So, right, writing a pretend song about like losing your legs, liberating Fallujah to an IED, and then. And right, because you were in a wheelchair, you couldn't buy your wife those shoes she wanted for Christmas when she had cancer, and because she didn't have good shoes, she fell off a dock and died. <laughs> and then you had to raise the baby, who then asked you if her dress looked pretty on her wedding day. I have to tell you this: you thought that you knew everything about this uh, Travis Tritt, this this song about the guy losing his wife. It's actually a three part 
video cool. series based on a true story. There's three songs. So that's why I saw uh, the video I saw didn't look like what we talked about before, but it was the guy in the wheelchair again on the dock. So there's three songs. Any more is one of them. Tell me I was dreaming was part two. And if I lost you was part three. All right. Hold on. A second. And it's a three part video series is based on a true story. And did it happen to him? I don't know. I think part one is about him getting injured and now he's in a wheelchair. Part two is about the wife dying at the dock and having the baby. And then part three is him and the the, the the daughter grows up and gets hit by lightning on her wedding day. (laughs) (laughs) Part three, I think it's just him raising the kids on his own and singing about they better not drown on a dock too. Well, look, if it happened to him, fine. Yeah, it's terrible. If it didn't happen to him, as far as I know, Travis Tritt is not a paralyzed veteran. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> you're, you're still, whether, whether it's a true story or not, you can, you can write anything, and it's based on a true story because everything has happened Everything's to somebody. Happened. You could say, like, you got, your, you got your legs chewed up in a mill, like in a thrasher accident, and you had to learn how to walk on your hands and feed your mom with your tongue. Like that's happened to somebody. Doesn't mean you write a country song about it. So the guy's name in the video, Travis Tritt, decided he was going to play Max Singleton, a paralyzed veteran trying to cope with his injury and the relationship with his wife Annie. Way to take an acting gig away from a paralyzed guy, Travis. Thanks a lot, Travis. He could have got a real paralyzed vet to play the part. Right. No. Well, I went to a daddy daughter dance on Friday because Dave said he was going at the park district. So I googled Chicago Park District daddy daughter dance. <laughs> on Friday, and it turns out they were happening all over the city on Friday, and they were it was seven bucks a person. It seems like it should be seven bucks an adult, but it was seven bucks a person, and it was happening at gyms right. at field houses at park districts all all around. so I turned to Viva it was the middle of the day, and I said, "Hey, you want to go to a daddy daughter dance when I get back from work and she was very excited to do so with a sentiment which changed when it was time to actually go. Oh, right. But to get to the dance music, this was more, I would say, the the demographic breakdown, because this is Chicago, was 40% white, 40% black, 10% Hispanic, 10% Asian. Mm-hmm. So the music, there was a, it was a no country zone. Like, there was no way Butterfly Kisses was going to come anywhere near that dance. Oh, really? I me. thought that transcended demographics. You just have to play it at a daddy-daughter dance. Well, what didn't transcend... Uh, or what did transcend race was was gloppy sentiment and misguided DJing because the now the last song was in fact Last Dance. Who is that? Donna Summer. Really? Yeah, which Disco? seemed a little a little sexualized, but it was nice to end on an up tempo. But the the next to the last dance, which was sort of you know the penultimate song, was really the big slow dance for everybody to you know they said okay this is the last one everybody get together. And it was Dance With My Father by Luther Vandross, which is about the dad being dead. It's about a son singing to his dead dad. <laughs> you know, so, Dance With My Father again. So do you, you know this one? Do you think Why is the DJ? Dancing with his dad? You, I think I mean, they I saw think... the title. Yeah, they just like Googled. Yeah, no, but I'm saying why is Luther Vandross singing about dancing? Who dances? I mean, yeah. Who dances with their father, who's a boy? I don't know. Because right. he said, "If I could get another chance, another wall," implying that, like, as a boy, he constantly slow danced with his dad. Yeah. So that was the last song was "Dance with My Father Again" about dancing with your dad who's dead, and then you, 
I, I really think they saw the title of the song, said Dance With My Father, perfect song for the dance, and they put it on, and then stuff got weird. That when I was a child Before life removed all the innocence My father would lift me high And hit my head on the ceiling And dance with my mother and me And then Oh, that's quite okay. I see. So it's like... He wants that. Well, he's a little kid, and him and his mom and his dad used to dance together. And... I guarantee you. That's ah, still a stretch. I, get, I guarantee you <laughs> the old man didn't want his father ta- or his son tagging along. Yeah. Like, like that, kid. I'm, I'm dancing with your mother. Get off of my leg. I'm, uh... <laughs> get off yeah. my leg. <laughs> yeah. The dad's looking down from heaven going, stop singing about that. It was weird when it happened. That was not a comfortable time for me. <laughs> Try to put that behind four. me. By the way, you were nine years old. You're way too old to be trying to get me to dance with you and your mom at the same time. <laughs> All right. And you had baseball cleats on. It was hurting my shins. Yeah. Your teeth were coming in and they're all weird looking. Well, and also fathers, <laughs> like parents host the daddy daughter dance, not children. So to force a sentiment down their throat that says you are going to miss me so much when I'm gone is strange programming. Right. Right? Like, if this song had been chosen by the collective daughters in the room, that would be something. But instead, grown-ups picked it. It should just be a bunch of... It should just be a bunch of... Kids bop. Kids bop. It's it. Like, just a bunch of dance songs. I'll tell you what. Play a bunch of... Play a bunch of, like, In Excess. That's, like, good 80s music you can dance to. Well, our our daddy-daughter dance has a lot of that. Ellie and I look forward to, like, Footloose, you know, every year. They play Footloose. They play stuff like that. A lot of ripped tights Friday night from Footloose. Uh, Not from from the actual song, but from, like, girls constantly doing the knee slide in their gowns. How would the girls know about the knee slide? I think it's just in the human body. It just exists a priori (laughs) of Footloose. Kenny Loggins, man. He knows how to put a knee slide into a song. (laughs) Hey, folks, you already shop on Amazon. Why not put those dollars to work keeping this here show on that there air? Do it by using the Amazon portal at paternitypodcast.com. If you want to shop on Amazon, you know you want to shop on Amazon. Go to paternitypodcast.com. Find the support page. And then you will find an Amazon picture. You will click on it. It will take you to Amazon. And then you will shop on Amazon. You don't sign up for anything. You don't pay extra. Amazon sends us a portion of its profits from what you bought. And we use that to pay for the beeps and the boops. Uh, I just bought something called the Bubble Bum. Are you familiar with this product? It's a portable car seat. And it's sort of inflatable. And I don't know how it could possibly be legal. It seems to be popular, but it's for... Taxis or for the babysitter, drive your kid around, but it's like a booster seat. It's inflatable. It's got places where you pull the seat belts through and then you put your kid in. I mean, it's mostly for theoretically for taxis. There's but no is... way that that's legal. But by no. the way, they don't need, I know in New York City, you don't need a car seat for your kid because they realize that there's no way to enforce that and no way to. Not enough kids have been killed in taxis. So the legal ramifications aren't strong enough to impose anything. Um, but that is five seconds away from being regulated. It is not a law in New York right now, and it's an unenforced code in Chicago. What is it? A cop 
will not give a ticket to the cabbie, so they won't. The cabbies won't enforce it. They could give a hundred dollar ticket to the parent if they chose to, but they don't. So basically, as long as the cab isn't in an accident, the co- the cops are not going to pull oh. you over because your kid is in the back of a cab with no seat. I guess if they pull you over and you're black, they just shoot you. But it's it you know it it can't be any kind of legal thing because it seems like a balloon tied to a seatbelt. It slides all around. Your kid is like riding a little <laughs> sled in the back seat. I can't believe it. Just it shows how much my wife has mellowed because when we oh, yeah. first had a baby, we had to go to the fire department to have this, the car seat installed, you know, and she was like, I will get the most expensive car seat. I will get the car seat with the greatest rating. We will switch it out every six weeks in case it has a internal weakness in the structure of the plastic. And now she's like, yeah, tie that balloon to the back of the car and let the baby ride on it. Is this something that you're not going to use in your own cars? Is it, or is it something you're only going to use for taxi cabs and Ubers and stuff? What, like Exactly. Yep. Okay. Because technically, she's I mean, Viva's at her size is probably still in a, like a full-on car seat, right? Not just a booster. No, she's she's a little tiny thing, so she'll be in a full car seat until she's twenty, I think, yeah. at this rate. But yeah, we just we sent it with her to preschool, and we we just let her call an Uber from preschool, plug that in, you know, get herself right home. Saves so much money on gas that way. Mm-hmm. It is interesting. My wife, I'm assuming, like yours, has mellowed. And our daughters, yes, our daughters are still like they're like 32 pounds, right? So they've got another 15 years in their full-on car seats. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we should really get them the I don't know what you call it. It's like it's like that car seat, but a lot less safe. You you get that the the car seat they're in is the one you buy right after they're in the basket, right? Yes. And it's so it it's got side impact protection. It's like a deep well of comfort. Like they sit in it and their feet shoot up in the air because their feet aren't long enough to. And sh- now she wants, she's like, oh, right, so it fills with amniotic here. fluid so that they can feel like they're still in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And she wants to put them in essentially something that's easier to put in and take out. And like, why? Like, can't they're, they're not 50. They they haven't had a long happy life yet. If we're in an accident and they go in their brain dead, like we've got to protect them. I don't understand why she's so hot to get rid of these nice. Like by the way, it's all right. They're four. They've had a good run. Right. <laughs> they've seen some stuff. Um, I don't know why she's in a hurry to get rid of five hundred dollars worth of car seats. Right. That's the thing too. I'm like I'm gonna get every ounce of dollar out of this thing. Yeah, I may have to sit in it. I'm just going to lose weight so I can sit in it myself when I drive. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what to do with all the bassinet things that were only good for like six weeks but cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars. All those bucket-shaped things that fit on the strollers and fit on the cars. You could sell them, but, you know, for a third of the price you bought them for. Yeah, I'll tell you what, those strollers, they lose half their value when you drive them off the lot. They do. (laughs) Oh, my God. But we, yeah, it, it, we've gotten rid of a lot of stuff just because of space, because we our garage just started filling up, and I got to have room for my Plymouth. I said, screw that. Screw the mentality. I'm going Todd style and emptying everything out. I got a Ingles car- on the move. Ditch in car seats. That's right. Getting rid of memories. Hey, everybody, if you like the paternity test, please help us tell other people about it. You can subscribe on iTunes, and while you're there, leave a rating or a review. Make sure that whatever device you use, whether it's an Android or Apple, to uh, listen to our uh, podcast, that you're subscribing through your either the podcast app on your iPhone or through your favorite podcatching app on your Android devices to make sure you don't miss out as soon as new episodes arrive. And also, if you're on iTunes, leave us a rating or a review. It's quick, it's easy, and helps 
new listeners find us. And read our weekly paternity test blog at chicagoparent.com and our monthly column, Viva Daddy, in Chicago Parent Magazine, as well as Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and Bronx Riverdale Family Magazines. Don't know how to parent? Read the column. And now it's time for Health Beat. This is the part of the show where Todd hurts his kids again. <laughs> uh, things were going so well in our house. Time to get ready for the pool, listeners. Like, what, which kid do you think it was, and what did he do this time? You know, it it been it been over been weeks since you'd hit a kid with a baseball. I'm bat trying to remember. I mean, Alex got hit in the thumb with a pitch. I guess it wasn't last year. It must have been. Uh, so that was the last broken bone we had. He he had a little thumb fracture, and I thought you know we've been on a good run since then, with very few injuries. And uh, Ellie, at kind of a last minute thing, got invited to go to a uh, roller skating party. With my, you know, my, my stepmother was going to, she's got a good friend with a grandchild the same age as Ellie, and so they always get invited to each other's, you know, birthday parties and stuff, that's and they go. That's how it starts. That's yeah. how it starts. So it was a roller skating party. Now, keep in mind that a few years back, Alex <laughs> broke his wrist roller skating at a, at, a, at a roller skating thing, and so there's been this kind of fear in our house of roller skating, but Ellie really isn't wanted it, to go. But isn't it in his contract that he he's not allowed to do risky sports? <laughs> Yeah, he actually just he's not allowed to ride a bike. No skiing. Just go skiing. Yes, no well, skiing. Skiing, trampolines, and roller skating seem to be asking for it. Well, so if tr- I were trampolines, like, especially, I think are trampolines, roller skating are the are, seems to be the main ways kids get hurt these days, right? At least trampoline is like a a clean break. Like if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna get hurt on a trampoline, yeah. you're gonna die. You're going to break your neck. It's going to be bad, yeah. Right. Usually what happens is you're at one of those trampoline. Have you seen those trampoline parks that are just yeah, like Yeah, they've indoor? got one. And so, just, it, there's always an ambulance outside. Yeah, they just leave one parked out front, I think. <laughs> like a high school football game. One right? leaves <laughs> with a with a compound <laughs> fracture, and another one just pulls right back up. It's like wait, cabs waiting at the airport. <laughs> but those, because you they have all these trampolines, but in between each trampoline is like the frame of the trampoline. So if you are jumping on this trampoline and either try to jump to another trampoline or just kind of miss, you end up landing, landing on a perfectly hard surface. So Ugh. jumping, you know, when you jump up and you get 12 feet in the air and then you come down on your feet, on your leg, on a, on a you know, a one inch pad, it's bad news all around. But uh, so we sent Ellie, you know, she went to Michigan and we were kind of excited because Ellie, fun. Alex got invited to a sleepover the same night just by chance. So Kelly and I like had a date night and we're getting ready to go out and, and we get to eat salad and stare at each other. Yeah, unlimited breadsticks, <laughs> right? So we're getting ready to, you know, whatever we're going to do that night, uh, go out to dinner, whatever. Uh-huh. And we get I've a phone been really call. Trying, baby. And we get a phone call. Oh, these tears <laughs> <for> so long. <laughs> and if you feel like I feel, Kelly. Hold on. Well, you know, enter the record scratch because then we get a phone call (laughs) saying uh, Ellie's kind of hurt. And we're like, oh, well, what happened? Like, well, she fell. I didn't No one saw it, but she fell and she was crying. And all she wanted to do was go home. She wants to go home. She wants to go home. And I said, well, is it, you know, I'm not there. And so, you know, my stepmother. Now, here's the thing about my stepmother. I don't know what's wrong. All she wants is for this bone not to be sticking out of the skin of her arm. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, well, she wants to go. She wants to leave the state of Michigan. She's and in go Michigan. Back to Illinois? She's in Michigan and she wants to come home because she or she, uh. hurt her, she hurt herself, hurt her arm. So here's the problem is that Alex was with my stepmother when he broke his wrist. And the whole thing was he hurt his wrist. And 
I think she wants so bad for the injury not to be serious that yeah. she talks them out of the fact that they're hurt a little bit. You know what I mean? Wait, wait, the stepmom did this? Well, not and not with any ill intent, but right. she just, she so badly does not want them to be hurt because she feels guilty that she's like, "Are you sure? Sure, it's not. Let's just ice it. Let's wait, wait and right. see." And how kids are, like, and how kids are too. To get, yeah. So at first, Ellie really wanted to go home. I talked to her on the phone. She said, "I want to come home." I said, "Okay, I'll meet. I'll meet you halfway. Start driving." I get in the car. Five minutes later, I get a phone call saying Ellie wants to stay. Yes, you're out on the road. <laughs> it's time to eat. <laughs> Hey, what made you acquiesce to driving to Michigan to pick your child up? Like, what made you decide that it was serious enough that you should actually listen to that preposterous request that well, she return home? Because Ellie, she's notoriously tough. And the fact that she was that upset and really wanted to come home made me feel like it was serious. But there was, like, the 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 dad like, the dad that was there, you know, used to be an EMT. He looked at it and said there wasn't any swelling. And, and they kept looking at her forearm because she that's where she said the pain was. So it sounded like she just, you know, maybe it was just a bruise or not or just so we weren't sure how serious it was. But the fact that she really wanted to come home made me feel like she wouldn't have done that. I mean, first of all, she was in Michigan at a birthday party with cake and other kids that she liked to hang out with. And, you know, and she didn't want to be there anymore. So that's a pretty clear indication that it's probably bad. So I'm in the car. I start five minutes later, I get a phone call. She wants to stay. She thinks that, you know, so she stays there. You know, they keep it iced for the night and she has she has she sleeps there and in in the morning uh they call us and she's still kind of sad you know it's still painful she can't do a lot with it it seems like so i go and meet them right away in the morning and i can tell right away when i see ellie i mean she's she is not using this arm she's holding it up with her other arm she's in pain and uh, I, I don't know if she just didn't want to say anything but then i immediately start feeling guilty i'm like i should have got her yesterday like this is so bad i let her walk around with this injury in in Michigan, shove an Italian beefs down my throat as fast as I can, because I'm you know because we're without kids for 24 hours. It's not you that let her down; it's another member of her family. <laughs> well, I mean, we I should have just I should have just we should have just got her. So we go straight to the uh, walk-in care, you know, like the urgent care. I wasn't going to go to the emergency room. I saw I I've learned from past injuries: just don't go to the emergency room unless there's actually a bone sticking out. But just Ugh. go to don't go to the ER. You'll be there for hours. It'll cost way cost even more. And yeah. they're going to see stuff they shouldn't see. They're going to yeah. hear conversations. They shouldn't yeah. hear. Yeah. yeah. The people at urgent care are mostly like I've got a cold and or, I, or I'm trying to scam another prescription for muscle relaxers off the off the doctor on call. <laughs> you know, so that's what walk in care is for. So I thought that was great. So we went to walk in care. They did x-rays. They can. What they noticed, though, that no one in Michigan noticed that I feel bad about now is that there was a lot of swelling, but it was on the back of her elbow area. They were looking at her forearm the whole time. Right. Now I'm realizing that the bone in her forearm had been driven out backwards yes. out of her elbow. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, the bone was sheared off uh, at the base where it comes into contact <laughs> with the skin. So yeah. they didn't notice. They were looking at her forearm. They didn't realize that her forearm was no longer attached to her body. They were just carrying her forearm around, passing it to people, saying, does this right. look okay to you? Looks normal. No swelling. <laughs> so they do x-rays, and while they don't see, like, crack, like, they don't see a line, a fracture, what they do see is there's something on either side of your humerus called the fat pads. And when they puff <laughs> out, it's an indication that there's, like, a compression type of fracture, you know? So she obviously landed on her elbow really hard. So they they splinted her up, you know, full like armpit to 
armpit to fingertips, you know, in in a in a uh, like wow. a temporary splint so we could go uh-huh. see the ortho. So is it one of those things you could like she could hang clothes on her arm? Well, no, not like that. It doesn't stick it out straight. She's at a ninety degree angle, which is almost harder. Uh. But for those two days, we you know we couldn't get into the ortho until Tuesday. So for Sunday and Monday and during the day Tuesday, she was just miserable. Like she wasn't herself. She didn't trust the splint, you know, because there's still some movement in it. So she yeah. was wearing the sling that you know it was. Just, she, I felt so bad for her. She was miserable. So we yeah. went to the uh, ortho. And uh, he confirmed it. He said, the good news is, he's like, this is if you're going to break your elbow, this is the best way to break it because it's going to heal 100%. No surgery, no, you know, worry, no worries about bone displacement or anything. Everything's in place exactly where it needs to be. Right. We just need to immobilize it for four to six weeks. So she got the full-on cast, the same thing, armpit to – luckily, they exposed more of her hand. So now she could actually use her hand on her left arm. Yeah. Oh, this is the one thing I lo- I've left out. She's a lefty, and it's her left arm. So she's going to her handwriting is going to make her look like an idiot for two months. <laughs> yeah. So she can't she can't write. She can't. And then so she's going to read. Here's the good news. Here's the good news is she <laughs> she gets the cast on. And from the moment like she gets the cast on, she like her personality comes back because she's she feels a lot more secure. The cast is a lot more mobilizing than the split was. So she doesn't feel like she needs to be so tender. Finally, was like a normal herself again. But here's a couple of problems we have. One, her bed is a loft bed. Like, she has to climb up a ladder to get to her bed. <laughs> she has to climb up a rope to get to her bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, she lives in a treehouse. And, uh, uh, so, and she does all the cooking. <laughs> and she, she's, she's a lefty. Obviously, that's a problem. It's winter, and it's cold, and she can't wear long sleeve shirts because they can't get them over the cast. So she has to. So I need to find her like an arm sleeve for her right arm, so she's not cold. Don't they make like one long sleeve, one short sleeve shirts? Well, <laughs> only thing? if you're uh, <laughs> only if you're from the Cosby Show and get one of those. What's that <laughs> those shirt? Gordon, Gordon Gartrell. Gordon Gartrells, maybe <laughs> a homemade Gordon Gartrell that your sister makes for you. But uh, but no, in this case, we either have to cut a sleeve off of a shirt and just you know call it lost for the next you know what she needs is like a, a, ho- a hoodie sweatshirt she could put over that maybe we cut the arm off of one or a single sleeve you know like a leg warmer but for her arm so anyway that's an obstacle so she can't get into her, her bed for now so she's sleeping on an air mattress on her floor obviously bathing is an issue but i did buy the first day we tried the whole like you know garbage bag around the arm and tape and rubber bands and it just was a disaster and so I did find on Amazon a uh, an arm sleeve for a cast that, like, has a seal around the top so you could take a somewhat normal shower. So that's better. But Kelly still has to help Ellie shower, which Ellie's at the age now where she doesn't want us to see her naked. So that becomes very difficult when you have to take a shower and, like, help bathe your daughter again. And no matter how many times you tell her, like, hey, I've, se- I've seen you naked plenty. Like, it's not the same. Like She's like, but I'm 10 now. So you haven't seen 10-year-old ten- me naked. You've only seen, like, baby me naked. I wouldn't see my daughters naked at 10 if they had, yeah, if they had a bone sticking out and they needed help. Like, I <laughs> I would just, like, well, we're in the middle of nowhere, and I guess you're just going to bleed out because this, <laughs> this is not something I'm willing to do to myself. Bathe with my daughter again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the suffering. Oh, the self-imposed suffering. So, uh, yeah, so we've got, but she's happy. She got a blue cast. She really wanted a blue cast. She has a there blue cast, but... Uh, and then yesterday she gets invited to her, her friend was having a birthday little get together, not a full on party. 
but they she got invited to go bowling. Okay. And I suppose she bowls with her left hand. Well, she's a lefty, yes. Yeah, so she was, but uh-huh. she really wanted to go, and so we, you're like, fine, you know, bowl righty. It, they use bumpers. It's not like you need any skill to go bowling right. when you're ten years old. There's bumpers up there. All you need to you could kick the ball down the aisle, and you're probably going to score better than I would without bumpers. As long yeah. as you don't step on the actual lane, because and break the you, other elbow. Yeah. If you've ever, for anyone who's bowled, I think probably fifty percent of the people have taken that last unfortunate mm-hmm. step onto the wax and eaten it. Oh, the, yeah, because you go oh. from, you know, there's some there's some slide on the normal floor, but if you step right. one toe on the actual it is, lane, it's the it's zero friction. It's un, like, and unforgiving. Just yeah. Un, like you might as well hit your head on ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess that was the the only concern is that if she was going yeah. down. Ring ring, uh Mr. Jay, uh, <laughs> your daughter wants to come home from this uh bowling party. She she really wants to come home. At least that's but, what it sounds like. Canada. She's slurring from the head injury. She actually said she came back. She bowled better than the other two girls she was with. Uh, who oh, did you not know, she stuck that in their elbow. faces. I elbowed you guys, and I yeah. used my non-dominant hand. That sounds exactly like every bowling experience ever, right? Mm-hmm. Like Unless someone has spent 10 years bowling, it's a crapshoot as to who is going to get above 100. That's the way. And, and again, you've got bumpers. There's no yeah. real skill involved at that point. You could you could bank it off the bumpers six times and still get a strike, or you could bowl straight down the aisle and get a split, like straight down the lane without touching a bumper and get a split. So yeah, bowling is one of those things where you're just if you're dealing with children, you're just trying to not let them get hurt. Yeah. You know, dropping a dropping a five pound bowling ball on their foot, or getting yeah. hit in the head with a bowling ball, or slipping on the lane, or Eating fried food. Yeah, it no longer becomes a game of skill at that point. It's just a, a an activity to do. Right. It becomes a game of finesse for the parent to allow the bowling ball to pass by someone's head without actually hitting yeah. it. Yeah. We're hoping they said only four weeks with the cast, so we're hoping that after four weeks she is uh healed enough that they could just go to like some kind of a brace for a couple of weeks after that. I've been doubling doubling down on the Flintstone vitamins, you know, get some bone healing going. It's the best thing for her. Yeah, wow, she, that next generation bleeding edge technology is really gonna do <laughs> her fast. Bonnie. Well, the fact the fact that she doesn't need surgery, it's like there are worse things she could I mean, I'd rather have an arm in a cast that didn't need surgery than chicken pox, you know? Or yeah. or a or a bad cold. Well when that they, when they pinpointed the injury to the elbow, I was terrified of like, you know, just floating bone fragments in the elbow that yeah. was, you know, they'd have to go in and get and pin things together. Oh. Uh, but thankfully, it's like the doctor said, if it's going to break your elbow, it's the best way to do it. So this isn't going to end her travel softball career that will be 95% of your waking life in two years? Uh, if I had to say, well, Ellie will never play softball as far as I can tell. She seems to hate anything that involves a bat and a ball. But uh, in terms of <laughs> You know, I think we've ruined that for her because of Alex. But she will, I think, someday play like club volleyball or something because he really loves volleyball. And I think she'll be fine. This will not uh, hamper her setting and spiking skills. Yeah. Fast forward three years from now when she has one long arm and one short arm. <laughs> that might come in handy. They'll never expect your virtuosity on the field with that tiny arm. <laughs> Social media isn't just for your suggestions for Supreme Court justices. Though Judge Dredd was an inspired idea. It's also for us. (laughs) Like our page on Facebook. 
share our posts and follow us on Pinterest, on Instagram at the paternity test and on Twitter at the dad test. Poor, poor Justice Scalia. I thought his name was Anthony and Scalia until yesterday. I swear I thought there was an and in there. Uh, A-N-D or like just an ampersand symbol? And, uh, A-N-D. I thought he was two people. Anthony and Scalia and somehow... Oh, they... Captain Antonio. Exactly. <laughs> I, every time I heard them say his name over the years, I'm like, that. I don't understand why they're saying and, but okay. He's always been Scully to me. This is, it's hard because I don't want to, I don't want to speak ill of the dead. I just, on the scale of feeling things for somebody... I felt very, very little when they said he had died. It's always impressive when somebody dies and there's no sad sentiment out there. I yeah. remember when Jerome Robbins, the director choreographer who did like West Side Story and Fiddler on the Roof, when he died, the news stories were all evil psychopath choreographer legend Jerome Robbins dies. And then they'd okay. be like, here's some people who worked with him. We hated him. He was a nut. <laughs> glad he's dead. And I was maybe 22, 23 at the time. And really blown away that someone could live a life and be a you know a legendary genius and have made that many enemies that you could not find someone to say anything but bad things about him and Scalia's close he's close and it's like when the almost to the point where there's it's necessary media wise to have blowback like when uh, that who was the evangelist that died like 5 years ago and it was so the, the comments were becoming so venomous that there was a sort of a, a an equal equal and opposite reaction to the the venom coming out about him. Oh, because sure. Uh -huh. You can't speak ill of the dead, but he was a horrible person. Like it was just back and forth for like a week and a half. And I'm not I'm not saying he was a horrible person. I can't remember who the guy was. But point is, he's kind of on that level. And it's it's always fascinating to see someone who's not really mourned collectively. Mm -hmm. on, on a human level, right? The the end of a life. Let's all take our hats off. Well, I, I mean, and at some point, at the very least, you could say, well, he was a public servant for over 30 years, whether or not you agree with him. But uh, there was a lot, you know, I guess you could kind of shows you whom I, I'm friends with on Facebook, but there was a lot of, I'm sorry for his family, but this is a good thing for the country or a good thing for the Supreme Court. Yeah, it's hard. I'm not saying I'm happy he's dead. I'm just saying it's a good thing. <laughs> That's that was really the sentiment on 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 my side of Facebook yesterday. From what I saw in my feed, was, yeah, mm -hmm. not saying he, I'm happy he's dead, but I'm happy he's dead. Well, when this, you know, anytime some something like this happens, where the score is always four to five, and I think also side loses a point. Yeah, that's the way it's going to be. I think also people didn't feel so bad saying that it's not you know that this wasn't a terrible thing, you know, a tragedy. Was right. that one? He was seventy nine, and two, he died of natural causes. It's not like he was murdered or right. anything like that. He was seventy nine, died in his sleep. So right. I think that gave people a little bit of leeway in showing how they really feel about it. <laughs> Send us a question or a comment for the paternity test mailbag. Just email us at paternitypodcast at gmail dot com or leave us a voicemail at our phone number six five seven bad dads. Listener Ryan uh, wrote us and said, "I'm too lazy to type," which means this was dictation. And he said, you guys really do need to do voicemail messages. We do. So make sure to give us a call at 657-BAD-DADS. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the air. He says, I'm constantly talking to you in my car, but you don't respond. We try. You can't hear us. And by the way, not all of us have seen Episode 7. So we said a couple of weeks ago 
that if you haven't seen episode seven, you just don't want to, and you're an awful uh, parent. He says, but I have really crappy children, and they don't like Star Wars. I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Uh, well, thanks for writing us, Ryan, and I'm sorry about your children. Yeah, too bad. Han's dead, by the way. I said it. I said it. It's I I February 14th. Yeah, I was listening to another podcast the other day that said it's officially okay to spoil Star Wars now, because if yes. you haven't seen it by now... You know, what are you waiting for, first of all? And, you know, you can't say, I'm, what are you waiting for the DVD to come out? Like, you're not. Also, you, you, can't you need expect... to be a part. Of, yeah, you need to be a part of the collective conversation at this point. Yeah. Like, don't. Yeah, you just. Come on. There's no you're expectation of uh, secrecy at this point. No. Although I have to say, I was very impressed with the first week or so that it was out with at the lack of spoilers. People, I think, were all on board with, let's do this for each other for at least a couple of weeks. But not that time has passed. It's okay. Now. Yeah, it's weird, right? Like, I've never seen people come together like that. I think we could all agree as a planet that we shouldn't spoil Star Wars and that we're glad Scalia is dead. And now it's time for Holiday Road. That's where you buy groceries on the first day of vacation so you could eat breakfast in the hotel. Boy, I felt like I had become a man because we started our vacation with a trip to the grocery store. I feel like that is when you know you're truly a dad. Yeah, I can't think of a vacation in recent memory that I haven't started at the grocery store or brought our groceries with us from Illinois. <laughs> it's going to be hard to pack that way, you know, getting on the airplane. Do you carry right. that on or do you put it in the... <laughs> yeah, every, each of us just have two, you know, completely full jewel bags of groceries right. that we bring in the airplane. You get one personal item, mine's a gallon of milk. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. in Florida? You know people do that. I there's got to be because something it's like uh it's it's like the Travis Tritt song, right? I bet you could write a country song about someone bringing a gallon of milk on an airplane to save money. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's done it. All right. Think of the carbon footprint when you drive your groceries around the country with <laughs> them in an airplane. So I'm going to bring this orange juice to the International Space Station. <laughs> it cost two billion dollars to bring it, but have you seen how much orange juice costs in space? <laughs> well, we went on a Disney World vacation, but we had to start in an Orlando grocery store, and you forget mm -hmm. that Disney World is in Florida, and that Florida is in the Twilight Zone until you get to a, a Publix or a, you know a grocery store down there. And I forgot sunglasses, or I'd lost my sunglasses immediately before we left, and there were no sunglasses available in Orlando that were not mirrored and wraparound. If that's yeah. not really graphic at all. <laughs> Lots of like no fear and Oakley. There was a wine cooler aisle in this grocery store. That tells you who you're dealing with. I really think I could spend my my sixties and seventies and eighties in Florida. There's something about that that doesn't bother me. Like on a personal level, maybe it's because I watch too much cops. But there's something about that where I, I think I would feel like I'm home. I don't know what it is. Uh so what did you buy at the grocery store? Uh, mostly wine cooler. There was a <laughs> wine cooler aisle at this grocery store. You can't leave without the culture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna bring back a wine cooler for all my friends when right. they Florida on the side. Well, then we so I got my uh, I got my wraparound uh, gargoyles and I got my uh, Bartles and James and then we went to uh, to a week at uh, the happiest place on earth. And you know, I've always I mean I've always liked Disney, but I feel like there's liking Disney and then there's Disney people. Yeah. For yes. Sure. And this trip is really pushing me towards being one of those Disney obsessives. And I have some self-loathing about that because I feel like on some degree, Disney is a 
corporate tacky entertainment for like pe- people from yeah. the suburbs who want to go to fake France. But here's the problem is that they do it so damn well. Right. That it's hard to it's hard to not get sucked in by it. I would just say this. They do it so well that if it came out that there was a Matrix or that they were going to have someone take over the Matrix, I would want Disney to take over the Matrix. Like, <laughs> I, I could live yep. in that world. Sure. I could live mm-hmm. with that fake happiness all day. You know? I don't well, think and that's anything... what really got to me. And I think that's telling about where we are in our lives. I think that, you know, just like probably every person is one car crash away from substance abuse. You know what I mean? Like you're one like horrible mm-hmm. loss of a family member away from having a drinking yeah. problem. I think we're all one car crash away from being a Disney obsessive. Yeah. Because I understand these obsessives now. Because it's so happy and carefree there, mm-hmm. it makes you weep for your actual life. Yeah, and you kind of forget how much money you're even spending. Like you could once you get there and you're spending the money, it doesn't matter. You're like, well, this is worth it. This is this is worth it. Well, I'm really surprised more people don't kill themselves on the last day of the Disney trip. (laughs) (laughs) There's just a body disposal unit. Yeah, it's a ditch back behind the kingdom. (laughs) Murder suicide land. God, it smells like lie here all the time. (laughs) They need a better air purifying system. I'm surprised that more companies don't have Disney come. Maybe Disney won't do it. Disney come do customer service workshops. Because when you realize how much better the customer service is there and how much happier everyone is because of it, you're like, why don't we make the TSA be like this? Mm -hmm. Because the fact of the matter is Disney World's full of trashy people, but they're on their best behavior because the park treats them well. And I talked to – we met some friends who worked there while we were down there and kind of asked them, why is everyone behaving so well? Why isn't there litter? And they said there's no litter because there's no litter. Like when you see no litter, you make no litter. But if you go to Universal and there's cups laying around in the street, you go, oh, I can just drop my cup. Yeah. Right. And when everyone uh, uh, approaches you nicely the way they do there, you – I mean, there's sociopaths who are causing trouble, obviously, because there's just a margin of that in society. But largely, when you go to the line in TSA and they yell at you, you go, oh, is that what we're, the game we're playing? And you yell back over anything. Right. You know, if somebody tells me, hey, sir, uh, take your belt off. I say, oh, I'm going to take my belt off. I'm going to strangle you with it. Because I was just in another <laughs> airport five minutes ago where they didn't make me take my belt off. Like, I got in a fight in the Orlando airport because a guy said, the rules are different. You don't have to take your laptop out of the bag here. And he was standing next to a sign that said, take your laptop out of the bag. <laughs> so I flipped out, you know. But it, it, in Orlando, or sorry, not in Orlando, but in Disney World, they come at you nice. Mm-hmm. And so it makes most normal people back down. Come at and me I don't nice, bro. That, right. Come at uh, me nice, bro. What is tease it? me with feelings, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tease me without love, bro. Um, yeah, there's a there's a. I've actually looked into the like, the Disney model of customer service a little bit, and there's a couple of things that they kind of follow that make your experience so much better. One of them is pick kids up in Michigan right whenever they find out they got hurt. Yeah, one of them is get your pick up your kid in Michigan <laughs> if he gets hurt. Well, one of them is. It's not my fault, but it's my problem, which means that if mm-hmm. you go to anybody to ask them a question, they're not going to say, well, I don't work in that department or that's not my job or that's not you go you need to go find someone else. It's a, it's not my fault, but it's my problem. So it means they're going to at least take you to the place you need to be to get the answer. They're not just going to pass you off necessarily or brush you off. 
So that's one of the things that that is really nice. The other one is kindness, humility, and empathy, I think, or something like that. Like those are the three keys to good customer service. You've never heard someone come back from Disney and complain. I I think it's almost taboo. I've never heard anyone say, you know what? I had a really crappy time at Disney. Right. Or, the customer or, service line must be dead. Must just right. be people calling to say they left a backpack. Right. Or, you know, it was all great, but it's one thing. There's never, it's not like that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like there's a social etiquette about talking about Disney, even to the extent where, and I know I've told this, and I'm not going to tell the story, but like my brother-in-law has a friend whose kid was abducted in Disney and they found the kid in different clothing that had been, they'd take the, the person, the abductor had taken the kid, gotten him new clothes and was walking him out of the park and they found the kid before they got out of the park. Like you can even have a good abduction experience at Disney. <laughs> it was a magical moment, my abduction. I know. Like who has a good abduction story? <laughs> my wife left her purse in a gift shop on Main Street USA during the fireworks and we went to the gate she remembered she went back probably 15 minutes had passed and it was just sitting there on the table in the gift shop. Yeah. Well, I think that is a huge part of the human condition and that, that we, that we often forget. I think that most people are going to walk right by that just out of decency and the, the rules they've been taught by their parents and the DNA that they've been instilled with or not instilled with been born with. And, that's usually the way we are, but we just don't expect it in life. Yeah. I find myself challenging that idea a lot as I get older. I think in some cases, because I'm like, well, what have I got to lose? Like, I'll leave my car running outside all the time. Like, if I go in someplace, I, I rarely turn my car off. I'm like, who's going to take my Who's really? Who's going to steal my car? You know what I mean? Because I just feel as if we're we're all human beings who don't want to be hurt, and so we don't hurt other people. But I think it's best exemplified at Disney by not sure garbage like on it. the street. Right. To, uh, I could probably talk to about Disney for about this trip for the next 10 hours, and we would quadruple our ratings because half the podcasts on the Internet are about visiting Disney World. Have you right. noticed that? They really are. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, tell you the I've... two big differences, like with being with kids and what is different about Disney World now. One is the character meet thing is a huge part of it and of course it's a huge part of it if you have a four-year-old girl with you so we spent you know half of the trip meeting princesses and that was not a part of it you know when you go as like an adult and you drink around Epcot and stuff like that well we did hugged girls and gowns around around the magic kingdom uh and then the other thing is the addition of star wars is causes some cognitive dissonance uh like we were at we're we were at Animal Kingdom. Oh, a, a brief aside. We went to see a friend of ours star in the Nemo musical, uh, yeah. which is basically a full Broadway musical. It's written by the people who did Frozen. Um, and it, it's an hour, so it's not a full length Broadway musical, but it's like a it's an equity st- stage show of Nemo with these unbelievable puppets by the Lion King people. And uh, I have not seen Nemo since it came out, which was long before I was married or a dad. You want to talk about an ugly cry. Go to Disney World with your four-year-old. So you're always on the verge of tears anywhere from the sheer beauty and magic of life, right? Then see a dear friend on stage doing a show about a dad's inadequacies over his ability to protect his beloved child. 
<laughs> Classic they... Pixar gut punch. I mean, just a one-hour-long ugly cry. Holy cats. Do they kill off the mom in it? I mean, is it... In the first second. Oh. Uh... Like, that is how it opens, with the mom getting iced and and, uh, <laughs> and then the dad just having PTSD about it for the rest of the show. Execution-style mom killing. <laughs> <laughs> a pool of blood just Now, did grows. you ever get a chance to look around to see if who else was ugly crying? Oh, I didn't. I probably should have. I mean, I looked at my wife who was ugly crying and my she puzzled child wondering why we were crying so hard, but... Uh, I didn't. I didn't. But I would think everybody was. Have you seen that Nemo show, Todd? No, we. I don't know that it was up and running when we went. But we saw. I'm trying to think what shows. You know, we saw the Lion King one, but nothing, nothing mm-hmm. like that would get you like that. And this one was a full. Like we saw a lot of shows in various parks that are sort of eh, semi puppet retellings of movies you like. Yeah, that's what most. And, of them, yeah. But this was like a full Broadway adaptation of Nemo, so it was really effective as opposed to just for the kids. And oh my god. Uh, but then, like, we were at the Animal Kingdom, and Viva was digging in some sand in this, like, play area. And that's what's weird is there's a couple of spots, like the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids set at Disney Hollywood yeah. and mm. this dinosaur bone-digging part at, uh, you know, those imaginary animals, dinosaurs, uh, in Animal Kingdom where it's a big playground. And then I was a little resentful because I was spending my Disney trip checking my texts on a playground, which I'm sure I could have done right next to my house. That playground, I remember going to that playground with my family, and it's mm-hmm. it's they have a lot of sections for kids her age, but a lot of that it's I remember cr- climbing across nets that would kill a four year old. Yeah, right? I had to help her on the net, the net, the three story net climb for oh, sure. Yeah, but we're, we're there in the sand, and a kid walks in in a full Kylo Ren outfit with oh. a sword. <laughs> he tries to force choke Viva. <laughs> well, that's it. I'm like Kylo Ren's a um a. a crypto nazi murdering psychopath and you're dressed as him at the happiest place on earth and that's weird and like kids want to dress like darth vader too why do they i don't understand that's true i mean there's just some weird dissonance with with disney like you walk into hollywood studios and like two first order troopers walk by with their guns well the first scene in force awakens is the first order liquidating a village like killing all the women and children Mm -hmm. and so to have them walking by with goofy and baloo is weird to me. So I, the, the addition of Star Wars seems... And I love Star Wars. I mean, you know, half the show is us talking about Star Wars. But when you go up to, like, the pin section and it's Tiana, you know, Sorcerer Mickey, and then Finn, that's... I don't know. They have Doesn't to, that seem weird? Yeah, and I think I think they're just doing their due diligence right now because they're building some sort of theme park. And I think... Yeah, they're, they're opening um, Star Wars Land yeah. in in Hollywood studios in 2017. Yeah. So I, I think that once that happens, you're not going to see any star Wars anywhere. Like princesses will have their castles and like they'll keep star Wars in the star Wars part. Then probably, I mean, I'm sure they're hyper aware of the issue, but they've, they also got to sell merchandise and and let people buy the stuff they want to buy. Yeah. It's, it's like, there's a little bit of it, no matter what part of the park you go to, somebody has got a BB eight balloon. And yeah. even though they've oh. cut, tried to, like, de-gun Frontierland, you know, like, there's no, like, six-shooters, kids are all walking around with lightsabers and blasters. Uh, it, it makes a lot of the boys and dads a lot more excited to be at Disney World, you can tell, mm-hmm. just from the costuming and, the, and the, what they're buying, that it's lighting up a new section of the, of the population. It's just, well, it's like they own the Muppets, and every once in a while you'll be in a gift shop and you'll see Kermit. And you're like, right. did somebody drop their Kermit doll in here? Because why is there Kermit <laughs> at Disney World? 
<laughs> that's the thing is it's primarily a place for girls to pretend that they're rich and beautiful and boys to pretend that they can kill people with guns. Right. I mean, it's, yes. or at least it was, uh, but now, now finally, again, after 20 years of, uh, political correctness, uh, it's okay to kill people with guns again. With as long as they shoot lasers and not, yeah, right. not real bullets. Right. Yeah, when it was built, it was like early and mid-20th century boys' adventure stuff. So pirates and cowboys. And right. very murdery. You know, everything was swords and guns, for sure. And then we went to this weird period of, oh, swords and guns, oh no. And now we're back to swords and guns. They just are made of lasers. They're made of lasers and cut people in half. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Walt would be proud. I want I want a balloon of Darth Maul with just the top half of him. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get that balloon? <laughs> Actually, oddly, they only have the bottom half balloon right now. Maybe in 2017. But I want I want it to be a I want to be able to see the cross section of his body. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, where it looks like an MRI. Yeah, like a slice. Yeah, you need to see. Right. Yeah. You need to see the meat. The I want meat. to see that piece of vertebrae. Right, like Amhawk. Yeah, yes, absolutely. So, Matt, did you ever have, did Viva have any full-on meltdowns, or was she pretty happy in the happiest place on Earth? She had one on the plane, but it was a plane to Orlando, so every kid was having a meltdown. But other than that, she behaved really quite well. I mean, you Excellent. could tell when the blood sugar got low, she got a little weird, but she loved it. She loved all the rides. She loved, uh, we found out that she likes thrill rides already, like she loves Splash Mountain. Wow. Um, you know, she loved the racism of it. She loved the drop. She loved the water. She loved the drop in Parts of the Caribbean and the darkness and all the death. It's got to be weird for a place to be able to, to, to like like Disney to deal with its own its own wrong you know moves on the wrong side of history. You know what I mean? Right, it's, like the giant rape scene that is the Pirates of the Caribbean, like the yeah. <laughs> the wench slave auction. Right, uh, it's got to be like you don't you don't want to take it out because it's Pirates of the Caribbean. It's a classic of robotics and entertainment. But at the right. same time, you're like, ooh, this isn't holding up so well. <laughs> And that's what, you, you know, that's what happens whenever you've got uh, something that's been around for 50 years, mm-hmm. you know, that's mm-hmm. a, and is speaking of the previous 50 years in terms of pop culture, you know, the popular culture. So essentially you're looking at a hundred years worth of people's ideas about what's okay, all smashed together. And some people are in fluffy white shirts with, with swords. And some people are in black masks with laser beams. <laughs> so bizarre right it's like oh it's a small world after all yeah well folks it's time for another episode of the paternity test to let the kids play indians near a british slurry pit follow us on twitter at the dad test like us on facebook and visit our lovely website paternitypodcast.com or email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com Catch us Tuesdays at ChicagoParent.com and call our voicemail 657-BAD-DADS and tell your friends about the show. And, of course, consider a donation to the show via our PayPal link. Uh, Like listener Mike did giving us a generous donation last week. Thank you so much, Mike. Uh, You can find that at PaternityPodcast.com. All right, everybody, remember, make sure your kids know the magic rule of injuries. If you don't see bone, then don't go home. And until next time, best of luck passing the paternity test. (laughs) 